I'm Dave Hill. I was born and raised in America, but my grandfather, Clarence Vincent Blake Sr., was from Canada. Clinton, Ontario, to be exact. And when I was a kid growing up on the mean streets of suburban Cleveland, Ohio, my grandfather would thrill and amaze me and my siblings with tales of his mysterious and magical homeland located just across majestic Lake Erie. My grandfather's been up in that big hockey arena in the sky for over 30 years now, so I figured it was time I finally learned more about his country, which is why I started this podcast on which I try to learn more about Canada, one Canadian at a time. This is So You're Canadian. Hello, today I come to you from sunny Cleveland, Ohio, where Canada is just across the mighty Lake Erie. I swear I can see it from where I'm sitting right now, even though everyone else tells me it's a break wall. I I choose to believe otherwise. I should also point out that, yes, I forgot to pack my extremely professional podcasting equipment for this holiday visit, so I'm recording this intro and outro directly into the uh, built-in laptop microphone, like some sort of mountain man or something. Please forgive me. Um, I know you. I know you've come to expect a slick product here with. So you're Canadian with me, Dave Hill. But um, uh, you know, it's primitive today. Anyway, if you are listening on the day of release, today is December twenty-fourth. That's right, Christmas Eve, and I of course would like to wish you. A Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, uh, Happy Festivus, or whatever you like to get up to this time of year. I hope you're having a glorious time wherever you're listening to this. And speaking of glorious, my guest today is he's awesome and also glorious, let's be clear. He hails from New Brunswick. He lives in Halifax, which, yes, makes him a Haligonian, which is wild. He is musician David Miles. I'm a big fan, and if you aren't already, you're about to be. In fact, let me just go ahead and get the juices flowing. Ooh, gross. Why did I say it like that? With, this is one of my favorite David Miles songs, Night and Day. Without warning, there's only one sound. Sound of a 
kick drum four on the floor You don't need to know how to sing anymore The sound of your voice, the sound of your laugh The sound of you telling me that this will never last Not in day, I can't seem to find a way Not in day, I can't seem to find a way Not in day, I can't seem to find a way Get you on my mind, get you on my mind Get you on my mind And here now is my delightful and seriously Canadian conversation with David Miles. I hope you enjoy it so much. As I was saying, but when we first started, uh, you were one of the, my the, my first uh, actual Canadian people that I spoke with when I was planning, plotting, and planning, um, you know, my trips to Canada for the research of my book. And uh, you're sort of you were my ambassador to Halifax, so I thought, who better to speak to? I'm I'm honored about really Halifax. Am. And also, you uh, you know, I, I've been doing this podcast for a couple months now, and uh, the feedback's been really great, but understandably, I've gotten, you know, I've enraged some Canadians over the fact that the early episodes, and j- just the episodes in general, they've, they've skewed heavily towards uh, people from Ontario. Uh-huh. So, as, life, as life often does in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to branch out as much as possible. Well, and, well, uh, the outpost, the outpost that is Nova Scotia. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited. And also, you're also, you're originally from New Brunswick. Would that make you right. a new? Would that make you a New Brunswicker? New Brunswicker. New Brunswicker. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then the crazy thing is when I. Backing it up, I'll probably say this in the preamble, so I probably will have already said this. But um, you and I met doing Wesley Stace's excellent Cabinet of Wonders show in New York City. And as fate would have it, somehow I mentioned, as I often do, I brought up Canada. And it turned out you were one of two or three Canadians in the green room at the time. Yeah, that's right. And... Uh, what blew my mind first and foremost was that, and this is something that repeated itself often in my travels to Canada, the Halifax people are known as Haligonians, which you, you schooled me on. I never saw it coming. It's a great, isn't it a good one? It's really good. Yeah, Yeah. it's really, really good. I know. I was pleased too. You know, I I wasn't born here. I wasn't born a Haligonian. And I now I live. I've lived here for 15 years. And when I found out 
that that that's what I would get to call myself. It, it was a plus, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah, it's because really good. That, play, if you're from Lunenburg, I think you're a Lunenburger, which is pretty rad. Um, that's which, pretty strong. Which is just down the road, but you know, it's like I think Haligonian and like Glaswegian or whatever. They're new, you know, people from from Glasgow. I think they're called Glaswegians, aren't they? I think they are. That, and I, I was in Glas Glasgow uh, Sunday. I've, oh wow! I've just I've just I spent about five magical days there. It's great, eh? It's great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. And uh, it might be not to you know, this is a podcast about Canada and Canadians. But if I may digress, as I often do, Glasgow is quickly turning into one of my favorite cities on earth. I've had some great experiences in that city. I really have. Like some of my best shows ever were there. Pretty much two of my favorite shows ever were in Glasgow, and it was just really, it was a wild place. I loved it. I loved it. Scrappy, but wild. You know, like after like 10 o'clock, it's funny because it's not even that late. It's pretty, it's like, it's pretty, the streets are drunk. You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a free-for-all. You want to watch some stuff and like, you know, that's pretty different, but I I really love the city. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you got to watch out for, uh, you know just random people taking swings at you and stuff like that it's actually true though that (laughs) sounds ridiculous i mean i'm the scrawniest guy ever i've never had to worry about that and i was walking to my hotel and these guys like just they just wanted to fight they didn't really it wasn't they even disliked me they just thought that maybe i'd want to fight too i think (laughs) yeah just go at it that's my first time there i was uh i was out for a run I guess I was asking for it by going for a run. <laughs> but um, but I saw what, did, what guy were you just, <laughs> What's that? Said, what were you thinking? Are you crazy? I don't know. I was like trying to, you know, my problem when I go to that uh, corner of the world is I'm constantly battling, um, I, I guess, the angel and devil on my shoulder. So I'm like trying you know so i run to like make up for whatever stupid <laughs> antics i got up to the night before right right um, get it but one guy was just standing there waiting to take a swing at me <laughs> as i was running and i i managed to just pick up my pace and dodge his swing but all all by way of saying run don't walk to glasgow i That's think right. is where but um but you mentioned Lunenburg as well. I went to Lunenburg on your recommendation. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I... Uh, Lunenburg, I, I really enjoyed as well. I had a nice lunch in Lunenburg. Um, it sort of reminded me of, like... I guess I say this about pretty much any sort of seaside town. Uh, I always think they remind me of Norway. But I think it's just basically... you have a bay and some boats and well the red too right all those color the red color i think it was like originally from uh whales like you know it sounds ridiculous but there was some sort of color that the same the fishing shacks in lunenburg are identical to the ones in norway so it makes sense because they they use the same kind of paint traditionally like this red paint oh okay so i'm not i'm not fully crazy. crazy no it's i think there's a real relationship between the two um, but I was, I will say about Lunenburg, uh, Nova Scotia, I was hoping that, you know, it would just be a literal treasure trove of like dead 
fisherman's belongings that I could, you know, get price to move and stuff. But it was a lot of, you know, throw pillows and things it's like moved that. Into the, yeah, it's moved into a different... Uh, <laughs> you'd have to go further down, further in the South Shore, I think. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it's, that's always my, my romantic notion of uh, those sort of towns is that you'll get, you know, someone's peg leg or something. Yeah, yeah, you'll get like, uh, yeah. what's that movie that just Willem Dafoe and uh, Richard Pattison, you know, the... the, the uh, the new movie, The Lighthouse. It was filmed in Yarmouth. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, exactly. A little further down, a little more wild. It's beautiful. And uh, the um, the Christmas tree capital of the world lies somewhere between Halifax and Lunenburg, as I recall, on the it's, drive. Yeah, I think it's the county. So Lunenburg is in Lunenburg County, and I think the county is kind of considered Christmas tree. I didn't, yeah, I know, I know, that's a great, you were really taking notes on your trip. I was, they were A lot of Christmas trees, a lot of Christmas trees. And another thing that struck me on that drive, and then then I really want to dig in with my hard-hitting Nova Scotian questions, is um, my girlfriend and I saw a hitchhiker along the way, which you pretty much never see anymore in America. And, uh, but I was really like, wow. And, uh, and she said, oh, I read that you can just pick up hitchhikers in Canada. My question to you, is that accurate? Well, yeah, it's funny. You don't see it nearly as much. I mean, we still see it in the summer for sure. But I mean, there was a time I've done it. I've done it a fair amount at West. Like I, there was one day I did 800, something like almost 800 kilometers in a day. I went from Nelson, I went from Nelson, BC to Calgary through Fernie. That's not maybe not 800 kilometers, but it's good seven hour drive. And I just jumped on the highway and got picked up by a truck. And then I got picked up by an older lady who said I look like her son. And, and you know, it, it was more common it was more common for sure. I mean, I think in certain parts of Nova Scotia, you definitely see it still lots, I would say, where everybody kind of knows each other. There was kind of him. I mean, even in the in New Brunswick growing up, I, the, the rumor was always that the premier of the province, Richard Hatfield, he lived not that far from the legislature, but just far enough that he didn't walk. And he used to just grab a drive with someone in the morning. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So <laughs> yeah. so someone, someone just driving along might run it might might pick up the chancellor on the way yeah just, yeah exactly the, the former premier yeah it's a funny thing you know yeah it does happen i've done it i've picked up i've picked up hitchhikers and uh in the middle of nowhere you know like in the central part of nova scotia mostly because i just didn't know how they were going to get to where they were going unless they got picked up and they seemed yeah you know it seemed safe enough but um i remember dropping this guy off where he lived and it was in the woods it was crazy i was with my wife we picked him up and he's like, you can just stop here. And I swear, he just kind of went into a, it was like a path. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it was pretty remote. It was pretty remote. Yeah. I was surprised. We were crossing the province. The inside of Nova Scotia isn't super uh, populated. Of course, most people live on the coast. It's, it's all, it's almost all coast. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But the inside of the province is beautiful. How did you wind up? So you're from New Brunswick. You spent, I've, I've, you know, I consider myself the foremost authority on David Miles. Uh, 
in Manhattan. Yeah, probably. You may be. You may um, be. And, but so you, you, you're from New Brunswick. You lived in Calgary for a time. And how did you wind up in, in Halifax? Uh, we were living in Calgary, living out West, working in the mountains. I was starting to do gigs. I was starting to play shows. And then my wife got into journalism school in Halifax and I, it kind of made sense. Like I kind of wanted to be back in the Maritimes and I knew I needed, I should be in a city. And so Halifax made sense. And so she went to school and I started playing shows. Nice. Yeah, it was like 2004. Oh, so yeah. So you're, you're. You're coming up. You're at 15 years. Yeah, it's it's which is wild. Yeah, yeah. Now we're we're settled. It's um Halifax is actually where my Irish relatives landed when they invade. Well, not invaded, but uh, <laughs> moved moved to Canada. Right. It was gentle. Yeah, yeah. It was very gentle. <laughs> um, but what what would you say is the uh. Well, let me, I think I tested you on this already. It seems like everyone I know from Nova Scotia seems to know each other. Uh, do you know, you know Mike Belitsky? A little bit. I, um, I, I, I know him because his drum kit, <laughs> this is kind of a classic. <laughs> this is basically exactly what you're talking about. Okay, so I don't know Mike Belitsky because he's kind of an older, slightly older than me generation. Yeah. Of, you know, in Halifax. But when I started working... The, one of the guys, his drum kit remains in a studio in Halifax that I've recorded records with and whose studio owner lives right up the street. He was in a band called the Super Friends. He was recorded a lot of big records in Halifax. He's kind of the indie rock guy. And he's a good buddy of mine. And he lives about a half block away from where I live now. But his studio, his house kit was always Mike Belitsky's kit. And I, so I always felt okay. like I knew him. That's my connection. That's it. I'll take it. Well, for the listener who Mike Belitsky is uh, the drummer for the Sadies currently, I think he's played in many, many outfits, but yeah, that one, he's been in that band for a long time, I think for a long, long time. Yeah. Getting, getting back to uh, me being the foremost authority on David Miles, I'm going to say in all of New York City. Okay. Wow. But, we're going into the boroughs, the other boroughs. <laughs> That's yes, cool. I'm. I'm taking all the boroughs. Okay. Um, but I was in in my in my tireless research. You are. Uh, you were part of uh, the were the biggest selling rap single in Canadian history. That is true. That is true. It sounds like it would be false, but it is. It is true. Yeah. It was. Uh, I. I was. I work with this guy named Classified. Yeah, rapper and has had a number of big songs in Canada. I played trumpet on a couple of his songs. We met like at a music conference. He lives out in kind of by the airport in Halifax, like in the country. And that's where he grew up. He makes his records in his garage and he's become kind of Canadian hip hop royalty. You know, he's, he's, he's really great. Amazing worker, amazing guy. Um, very creative, super connected with his fans. And so I played trumpet on a couple songs and then I started kind of doing a bit of singing, and then I came in and had this hook. I didn't know what I had basically kind of a half song, and then we we turned it into this song called Inner Ninja, which was yeah. the whole thing was quite a trip. But yeah, it became massive. It went quadruple platinum, sold like that's amazing, a ridiculous amount, like four hundred thousand copies or something in Canada, which is a lot. 
so yeah, it was a real trip. It was a total trip for me. I mean, I grew up playing trumpet. I was in the school band. I'm basically like an acoustic singer songwriter. And then all of a sudden I had this whole other thing going on. Yeah. You have like some serious street credibility happening all of a sudden. It was great. It was awesome. I mean, and, and to be honest, like most people who love music, I had spent like a good portion of my childhood listening to hip hop. Yeah. So I actually, you know, in Canada, I remember the first time I met Maestro Fresh West. And so Maestro Fresh West was like, he's the godfather of Canadian hip hop. And, that was one of the first CDs I ever bought. I loved that record. And, and when we won, we won a Juno for hip hop recording of the year. And the first guy to come over was, was Wes. And I was just like, this is, this is wicked. You know what I mean? This is totally oh, okay. wicked. So yeah, no, it was, it was an amazing experience. That's uh, And, and so how did, uh, I, I see as as a, uh, an ignorant American, American, I would have guessed that, snow and informer would have been the biggest canadian well it's i think it was and you know i I don't know if that that was such a huge international song and actually someone told me a weird story how that like went to number one again this year somewhere i don't know if you've heard that yeah it's worth researching there there's a little canadian nugget for you i heard um, i'm gonna try to pull this up this is uh Thanks to the magic, as much as I'm against the internet, I like uh, I you like, like to be able to like use it for this. <laughs> you like its brain. I like snow. Snow. I you know, there's a picture on Wik on Snow's Wikipedia page of him currently. Uh, he doesn't look as slick as he. I mean, you're gonna get that now and again, but yeah, he does not. He looks very different as than I remember him. No, and I don't remember. I don't know his story. Like I don't know what happened after that song, but that song was massive. And so I'm sure that in, it it may have actually been the record holder. And maybe they don't count it. You know, maybe it's within Canada. I don't know how that record set, but it might have been you know the most sold in Canada because he. I think he that song was international. It was kind oh, of a yeah. song. If you listen to it now, you're like, wow, where did this... I mean, it's just, where did this come from? It came from Toronto. It's pretty amazing. Oh, totally. Gosh, I can't find... Uh, I can't find the uh, the information on... Uh, on Informer. That's ironic. On Informer. But <laughs> I will return to this mm-hmm. uh, at some I point. I think there might be soon. a twist in the plot there. I feel like there's something else that happened with that song recently. But man, I could be wrong. No, it looks like, uh, uh, you know, shame on me for thinking that he just had the one song because it's quite uh, a Wikipedia entry on Snow. I'm pretty sure I did a very similar, I know, and the record, like I did a similar search not that long ago. Um, But, you know, look, I'm just happening on Spotify right now. 52 million plays Informer has. That's amazing. That's For a song a lot. from 1993. That's that's a lot. Lucy, my dog Lucy is groaning. I'm not sure if she's what that means Surprise. regarding her. Disappointed. She's she couldn't can't believe yeah. she can't believe how popular Snow Snow's Informer is. Of I course, can't. His, his record is called Twelve Inches of Snow. I mean. <laughs> It's, it's, I don't know what could be better than that. <laughs> I know. I know. It's amazing. 
That's amazing. So I don't know. I don't know. But yes, apparently, um, apparently we surpassed uh, that record. 13 inches. <laughs> we must have had. Crushed it. <laughs> yeah. Now, as a Haligonian, which I, I never tire of saying that, what, what do you think is the sort of distinctly Haligonian or Nova Scotian uh, experience? that's different from the rest of Canada or, you know, outside of the Maritimes? Hmm, that's a, that's a good question. Sometimes when you're so in it, it's hard to pull yourself out. It's been great, though, because I've had friends that have just moved to town. It's interesting. Okay, so Halifax for a long time didn't have very... It felt like, you know, people from the Maritimes were used to people leaving, not arriving, essentially. Mm-hmm. We don't get that much immigration, especially not in the last. Of course, it was traditionally a, a hub of immigration, but over time, people have kind of left. We lose population, and and so, just recently, I've had some friends move from bigger cities. They've gotten more expensive in bigger cities, so they they move out here and they have a good life, and it's a big enough city to have services. So you kind of start to they get to Halifax, and you're like, what are the things you need to do? You know what I mean? That's what goes through your head. You got to go to John's lunch. You got to get fried clams at John's lunch. I think I told I've you. Been, I've been to John's lunch for fried clams. And what it, it was, it's, it's it's kind of an essential. Ex, just the whole experience kind of ties in a lot of what I would end up talking about, right? What do you, you, you? Yeah. You, it's it's super down to earth. It's people are yelling from one to you know, like the servers are yelling to the the cooks. The cooks are right in front of you. They're changing the grease all the time. So it's like good fish and chips. It's good fried clams because they're changing them all the time. And the clams come in right off the, right the back door. They're, they're getting them really, really close. Yeah, and yeah. So there's all also, that. You get this kind of like down-to-earth ocean vibe, which is it's pretty special. I mean, people really don't get too far above their raisin. You know, it's a nice, <laughs> it's a funny expression, but we always use it in the band. But it's, it's kind of true. Wait, t- too far above their raisin. I think it's a. I think it's a blue. I think it's more of like a bluegrass term than a maritime term. I'm not sure I know that one, but I'm in. You know what I mean, though. You just kind of get too big for your britches, like. Oh yeah. You know, it, you you can't. Self-importance doesn't go very far. Modesty is a big part of life here, I think, and so. Um, that's cool. It's cool, man. You can you can you you can access things that are really interesting because of that. There isn't kind of a I don't find a, a big chain of of accessibility. You know. Yeah. Uh, people are open, as you probably experienced too when you traveled around. If you're game to do something, you can probably do it. Probably do it by the end yeah. of the day. If you were Absolutely. like, I want to go, I want to go fish a tuna, and you woke up in the morning in Halifax, <laughs> some dude would put you on a boat and take you out. It would just happen. Yeah, I'm. A, yeah, I one one uh, one thing I was really blown away by. I had an incident where when driving to John's lunch, which by the way, John's lunch, if I'm remembering correctly, they barely, even though they seem to be heavily in the clam game. <laughs> I know they don't even really advertise that. They it, seem to be a uh, hawk and pizza, but that's not what even. Well, even what they do. It is the my favorite part of that whole operation is that it's it's 
legendary around here, you know? And then you go and it says John's lunch pizza. <laughs> and I on the sign outside it says pizza. It doesn't say seafood anywhere. You go in, there's a pizza, there's a board. It's old school with the little plastic letters that you stick on. Now that now are like in the hip coffee shops. I, I don't think that I think it's from the original, you know, and it and it has you know, big Pepsi sign, and then it has your pizza st- styles. And I, I've yeah. been there dozens of times. I go. I love it. I have yeah. never seen a person eat a pizza once. I've never seen a pizza in there once. Me neither. It, I, I had a look around at no pizza. There's, there's no pizza. It's only seafood. It's only fried, fried haddock. And then scallops, which are amazing, and clams. But the reason I say fried clams is that clams are gross in a lot of places. Clams, oh, yeah. Clams, in, by their nature, are pretty wacky. And it takes, a good, it takes a good combination to make fried clams delicious. And there, they're delicious. You, scallops, they're going to be pretty good. Even for fish and chips, it's kind of acceptable. You can do it. But clams you in like 90% of the time they're gross. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and they, they somehow, uh, they've changed all that at John's lunch. They've changed it all. They get for good clams and then they change the, uh, the grease, fresh, grease. <laughs> fresh grease. Oh, I, I would, I'm, I'm lining up for that fresh <laughs> grease. That's really good. It feels good. Yeah, it feels good. 12 inches of fresh grease. (laughs) And now let's take a quick break to check in with our pals at Maximum Fun. Dead Pilot Society brings you exclusive readings of comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Patton Oswalt. So the vampire from the future sleeps in the dude's studio during the day, and they hunt monsters at night. It's Blade meets the Odd Couple. Adam Scott and Jane Levy. Come on, Corey. She's too serious, too businessy. She doesn't know the hokey pokey. Well, she'll learn what it's all about. <laughs> Busy Phillips and Dave Keckner. Baby, this is family. My uncle Tell, who showed his wiener to Cinderella at Disneyland, is family. Do you want him staying with us? He did stay with us for three months. And he was a delight. A new pilot every month, only on Dead Pilot Society for Maximum Fun. The Greatest Generation is a Star Trek podcast that destigmatizes the very idea of having a Star Trek podcast. <laughs> We're Ben and Adam, the hosts of The Greatest Generation, and the technology we've developed is that nobody knows what you're playing in your earbuds. You know, with legalization, it's easier than ever to find out what's in your buds. <laughs> but we suggest that you legally find The Greatest Generation wherever you download your podcasts. We'll send it to you in a discreet, unmarked package. <laughs> and nobody has to know but us. That's The Greatest Generation, the Star Trek podcast that you didn't know you needed, yet makes you feel like you belong. And now back to my delightful and seriously Canadian conversation with the musician and Haligonian David Miles. Um, the, but driving to... Now that's on Dartmouth, right? That's right. Or in Dartmouth? Am I saying in, in Dartmouth or in. on Dartmouth? No, it's in. in. Yeah. In Dartmouth. So, 
and didn't someone, if I'm not mistaken, dr- like run on, like uh, hijack a ferry from Dartmouth? I don't know. I, I didn't hear that. I mean, there's ferries there a, every day. There's ferries every day that go from, it's just a short trip. It's a commuter trip, you know, 10 minutes on the boat or whatever. Ferry uh, crime. Let's see. How can I find this? Ferry. Just make sure you spell it F-E-E-F-E-R-R-Y, not F-A-I-R-Y. Because yes. that's a whole other type of crime. Uh, gosh, there's more more than one. Uh, wow. F- people stealing ferries. Uh, I'm a pirate, shouted drunken woman. Come on. Or, oh, this isn't, this is, I, this is a different Dartmouth. Okay. Dartmouth College? <laughs> no, Dartmouth in, in England. Oh, okay, that makes sense too. I'd be uh, more impressed if it was the uh, college, but. Uh, getaway. I don't know. We don't have, to, we don't have time for this uh, research. Though now it's killing me. Oh, yeah. Suspect uses Halifax Ferry as getaway vehicle after Tim Horton's heist. Come on. I mean, that's that sounds sounds too perfect. It's it's it sounds uh, too perfect. I know it's like something. I wonder who has the rights to that. The movie rights. A Halifax <laughs> Ferry. You thought speech was good. <laughs> <laughs> The Halifax Ferry proved to be a not-so-great getaway vehicle for a suspected robber. Halifax Regional Police say at 6.45 p.m. Friday, officers Friday officers were called to the Tim Hortons at 180 Weiss Road in Dartmouth. Yeah, that's, that's a real Tim Hortons. Actually, in fact, it's quite funny because there are four Tim Hortons... This is like the only place I've ever seen this in all of Canada. There's there's a number, obviously, Tim Hortons are everywhere, but there's actually a place on Wise Road when you go across that I, I think they might have torn down one, but there were four. You could stop your car and you'd have two on the right side of the road and two on the left side. Oh, that's peak, uh, peak, peak Tim Hortons saturation, I would think. Yeah, maybe. That, yeah, anyways, it's just a very, so that, that story, that part of the story checks out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, pol- police say a man told staff he had a gun and demanded money after leaving the store. Police say the suspect soon boarded a ferry and headed to Halifax, but at the request of police, the ferry turned around and came back to the Alderney Landing Terminal. Hopefully I'm pronouncing these things right. Yeah. Where, where the suspect was arrested. Police say no gun was found on the man arrested. No charges. Boy, there have been no, no charges. Ch- not yet, not yet. I mean, this is an open case. Oh, this was a, also a while ago, to be fair. April 27th, 2018. So, oh, no, it's still not that long ago. Okay, so the charges are probably pending, potentially, if he's, if he's guilty. And the, gun yeah, is at the mean, bottom, and the gun is at the bottom of the harbor. <laughs> yeah, no doubt uh, the man's life has been turned upside down by this course of events. I can't believe I've never... I didn't hear that. That's really quite something i was consumed by it for a time i believe i believe it's in my book okay well it's a, it's a heck of a story <laughs> it's a heck of a story but but the, the other amazing thing when driving to dartmouth i um didn't have any money for the toll i didn't have any canadian money so i got to the toll and i said 
you know, I don't have Canadian money. And the guy, yeah, I gave him a dollar and he gave me a Canadian dollar coin. A, that would be a loony? Yep. He gave me a loony. And I drove, I thought he was giving me change for my dollar. No, oh, that's cl- a classic move. <laughs> it's classic. So, I just drove past the basket where you're supposed to throw the loony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's then cool. the 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 gate thing didn't go up, and I was sort of looking back at him, and he said, "Oh, did you throw the the dollar or whatever into the basket?" And I said, "No, I thought that was the change." I but there's no one behind us, so I said, "Should I just back up and and throw it in the basket?" He, he said, "No, nah, don't worry about it." And he just he lifted the. Uh, Whatever the wow. system, whatever you beat the system, the bar, the padded bar. Yeah, that would have been padded. If that happened in America, I would be uh, in jail still. <laughs> I remember I, we got on the wrong coming into New York City actually with my dad, and we got in the wrong line. You know, we just didn't. We, it was just tons of traffic. We weren't used to it. We were driving over the Maritimes, and we got in the wrong line. And I remember we just, we couldn't get. We had to get there, and we were like, we explained our situation, and we got yelled at. We got just completely screamed at. It was crazy about we how didn't we weren't we- read, how we weren't weren't able to read, and he was like, "Do you know how to read?" I've never seen anybody yell at my dad. You know, my dad was a pretty serious cat too. Like he wouldn't mess around. And, uh, yeah, this guy was just telling him off about not knowing how to read. And, w- and so, wait, where was this? This is this is uh, New York City. In, New York. Oh, oh Which, yeah, yeah. You know what? And this is not to say that it was a rare occurrence. I'm not saying that because it's not like that Like in that New York. We were just in the wrong spot, man. I love New York. My dad loved New York. Loved it. But that day, we got slapped. We got slapped by New York. Oh, Big. yeah, yeah. It's... it's uh... I mean, it's a town. Uh, yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to mess around. You get. You get. Uh, what for? For it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, That's what happened. I still well, love. It. I, I apologize on behalf of the people of New no, York City. No, I, I still love it. I mean, but it's funny that you said that about not throwing in the coin. It happens. It happens so much. Pretty much. Oh, every, a, I think everybody who gets because when you give them, if you give them two bucks, they'll give you four quarters. And the loony, and you know, if you're not paying attention, you just think you just paid. They just give you change. You kind of, you'd think they're spending the time sorting out the change. But yeah, no, yeah, you then have to place it in the basket. All right, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little, a little. You should. Better. You're not alone. In fact, you are. But although you got away with it, that was that's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. They just, uh, I don't know. They. Uh, you know what? It took pity on the, the. I would say that it's one of the most telling signs of the nature of Halifax, since we're talking about Halifax. You know, is that that is a place where so almost anywhere in the world, that's a difficult and grumpy job, and there's very little social engagement. I go through that bridge a lot, and I have ve- I have almost any time. They'll have a short chat with you if you want. Almost every time they'll say, hi, how are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. it is the friendliest toll I've ever been through. It's, it's hilarious. Even on the worst days, even when everybody's, like, freaking out. And, like, it, it's one of those moments where I, when I moved to Halifax, I was like, man, this is actually a pretty exceptionally friendly place. 
that way. Like people are ready to chat. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I I think in America anyway, I think tollbooth operator is like one of the highest suicide rates. Oh god. Well, it's a uh, that's a horrible that's a horrible statistic. I hope that's not the case, yeah. but it, but it's a it's a brutal job. It's a brutal job. No, my my friend Rob used to be a toll booth operator and he said that it was horrible. He said people would this was years ago, so Maybe it's changed. Probably hasn't changed at all. But he said people would do stuff like spit on the money before they handed it to you. Oh, gosh. And, I mean, I think this he was probably working in the pre-latex uh, glove era also. <laughs> that was a tough era. Yeah, yeah. The way They weren't all gloved up. It was a simpler time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he said people, he'd ha- he had people like heat the coins up. Oh, that is cruel. So Come just, on. Yeah, he so said <laughs> both of those things happen. I hope that <laughs> never happens here. They've got a nice thing going on. Look, I mean, if that person was in the wrong mood, you would have been in hot water, bud. You would have been Oh, in yeah. I, I, gosh, I hope I'm not giving people ideas by relaying these tales. If I find that people are, uh, yeah, if the, if the attitudes change because of this podcast, I'm going to be. Yeah, I, gosh. <laughs> Yeah, when things go south at the uh, Dartmouth toll booths. Yeah, that's right. Oh, the decorum. When decorum has changed. People will point to this episode. I think so. Oh, man. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, you made uh, a French language album that came out last year. I did, yeah. I'll probably I'll butcher this, being uh, from Cleveland. Le, le Grand Depart? Yeah, yeah, Le Grand Depart, that's it. Le, le, grand, le, le grand Depart. That's right, there you go. Yeah, you don't need to say the T or the D. I'm a simpleton. But, no, uh, you got it. That was I'm, good. You did great. I'm feeling... What, what inspired you to do that? I love that you did it. Uh, bringing, it, uh, you know, I know, I know there can be a lot of uh, tension between French Canadians and yeah, yeah. I mean, and especially in New Brunswick, right? New Brunswick, it's kind of like that's kind of ground zero for a lot of language issues. And you know what? I did it because I love French. I grew up doing French immersion. Uh, and then I lived in Belgium. I did an exchange in high school and I lived in Belgium with a French family, like a Francophone family. And I spoke French all year. So I got into it. And then oh, wow. I just really liked the language. And I we got pretty good at speaking it. I, my parents didn't speak French. Like, I'm not part francophone or anything it was just an interest and then i started doing shows in quebec and enjoying them and realizing that people were quite open to me speaking french and telling stories in french even if i sang in english and then i thought well why not try to why not try to do a a record in french it's been an amazing experience because people you know people have been really open to the idea for sure i do tons of shows now in french like i'd say 40 percent of my shows in the last year were french just because with the record Oh, wow. And so now I'm going through all the maritime, these towns that I've visited many times um, as an English artist and doing French shows in these towns this winter coming up. And so that will be a real trip. Wow. So you so you uh, so you're you're completely fluent. So you can sit and you can and do some banter. 
do all your banter in French. Yeah, I do my banter in French and, and uh, you know, do that. Yeah, and it takes a while. I mean, you don't get it all right. But I think that's what was part of the experience was was learning that it was okay. Like, I could mm-hmm. do it well enough to converse. Everybody, you know, everybody understood. But if I didn't say, if I didn't conjugate my verb perfectly or if I didn't say the thing exactly right, then it was okay. People were really excited to see uh, an English guy who really liked the language you know, and really got into it. And it was, it was for, for me, it was, it's kind of selfish. Like I just love the language. I do really like the language. It wasn't necessarily meant to be like a, a statement of solidarity. It kind of was because I really appreciate their culture. And I really am super happy that New Brunswick has this awesome Acadian population, mm-hmm. but it's, it was really very much about me also just kind of as a way to show people that it's made my life way better. It's made my yeah, music yeah. better. I got to work with all these different musicians. I made a record in a studio I wouldn't have worked at before. I, the piano player, the guy who produced the record, was a guy who works mainly with French bands. Why? Just because that's how it works. When people, you know what I mean? Like there's still solitudes. It, it is still divided enough that it's starting to change now. But for a long time, you know, French bands worked with French producers, even within mm-hmm. Canada. And this guy's an this guy's an amazing producer. He was a crazy cool musician, and so I was introduced to a different universe, and it was great. Yeah, that's so cool. And and where did you record that? In uh, Montreal. Oh, yeah. nice. We recorded at this, and it was awesome. Yeah, he would the guy who produced it was in a band called Carqua, which was like this kind of um, kind of Radioheadish Quebec band, really kind of. Uh, iconic band now they're really well known and they were they were awesome he was one part of that band and then he's gone on to make records and and then the, we made it at the studio that was owned by the uh, pierre marchand who made sarah mclaughlin's records and so oh nice he had built this really beauty studio there and we got to work there it was deluxe deluxe oh, that's excellent and you're a guitar player i mean like they had like lanois gold top hanging on the wall you know i don't know how to do anything with that but you probably could have shredded it to to pieces (laughs) to pieces (laughs) um wow that is so cool and what what um what do you have coming up are you uh are you gonna favor us uh down south here in america i think i think i will yeah that's the idea i'm going um it's funny i've been doing these trips down last year we did a couple festivals in south carolina Mm -hmm. it was awesome and now we're doing this other one in April or May in Pennsylvania, rural Pennsylvania, kind of Amish country. So we go oh, to the nice. States. We always end up in these very interesting parts of America, you know, like um, it's and it's just worked like that. I've played a bit in the city, but I've also like toured through Ohio and, you know, and, uh, you know, it's been really. But we didn't play Cleveland like we played, you know, Alliance and. Oh wow, you're like you're these, really digging in. Yeah, we're digging into like rural America, and then also doing the cities when we can. I like it. I mean, I, I I'm not complaining. I've had a good experience. It's been cool every that's time. So we're going down. We're going to New Orleans in January for a conference, like this folk conference. So that should be. I've never been to New Orleans. I can't wait. Oh, it's wonderful. And then probably coming to New York in May. Maybe I don't know. I have a new record coming out in May, so that's hopefully I'll. Be oh, excellent. Here. What what's it called? I don't know. It's funny. It's a real debate right now. I, I, I am thinking it might be called the easy sound of David Miles. <laughs> getting so a little not, pushback. I'm getting a little you're, pushback. 
You're not going to go with fresh grease? Well, fresh grease might, you know what, that might solve the problems. They're a little scared of it being a, sounding too much like an easy listening record, even though it kind of is. Um, so maybe fresh grease would give kind of the edge that we're looking for. Yeah, it has, it it has, has teeth. Yeah, it has yeah. teeth. And then some nice surprises when they turn on the record and hear some nice, easygoing acoustic folk music. Yes. Well, I, I'm I, I'm looking forward to it. Whatever you decide to call it, I'm looking forward to it. One one thing, um, we're 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 almost. Uh, I usually uh, ask the tough questions for about forty five minutes, and then I then I let you get back to your life. But what I wanted to mention to you, you mentioned now we are currently in the throes of an axe wielding craze. Uh, throughout North America, probably the world. But when you and I met a couple years ago now, I think it was, um, you recommended to me to go to, uh, I can't remember the name of it, the Axe, the axe Throwing Place. Oh, yeah, the Timber Lounge. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's funny. That's funny, yeah. And I Owned by a buddy of mine. How was it? I, it, was, it was great. I mean, you know, once you get the hang of it, it starts to... Uh, it's sort of like large-scale darts, I think. That's a good one. Um, Very large-scale, yeah. So, uh, high-consequence darts. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember they they said uh, they had a sign there. I think uh, one thousand days with no, or however many days it was. Maybe it wasn't that many. Yeah, uh, you with don't no... want to see that thing restart. You know, you don't want to see that calendar go back. Yeah, yeah. Two days with no accidents oh no it didn't say that Did it? yeah yeah oh that's great yeah yeah i was pretty i was whoever thought of it i was pretty excited for them that's that is pretty great yeah a thousand thousand days with no accidents well that's good news because then actually yeah, very, be brutal be I, yeah i would think you know you get people throwing axes drunk uh, uh there's going to be bloodshed but not the case Apparently. No, it's it's so you're saying that the crazes moved south. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, by the time I guess I I I saw it coming because I, I I researched it as you know at the time when I was when I was in Halifax and there was maybe one other place in North America I think and the, now it's just like you can't leave the house without running into an axe throwing concern. <laughs> that's you know it's funny because the guy so that place in Halifax is owned by a buddy of mine and then he, he his business partner is a lumberjack I think part of the reason why it's kind of great is this the guy who other dude who is who actually set it all up and stuff and is the is the axe thrower is a guy who is like a world champion lumberjack guy he's one of those guys who roll who goes in the contest he does log rolling he does the climbing up the pole he does the chopping of the thing with an axe he's the real deal he's a, he's like a third fourth generation log driver you know that you know that, like when they go down the rivers and stuff they don't do that anymore but he still like knows how to do it because he his family's been doing it forever in the middle of nova scotia that's like LeBron James opening up like a, a Chuck E. Cheese or something where <laughs> you just throw, you know, the uh, whatever the amusement park basketball free throwing game. Yeah, right. That's a, you mean it's just below it's below his skill level. 
Yeah, I know, but, but I when mean, you're when lumberjack, the lumberjack game is not a necessarily, it probably is now, you know, it probably is a bigger deal now. But, you yeah, know, well, I always wonder, is it going to become like pool, you know? And then if it does become like pool, will people travel to the pool? Like, will the serious players bring their own acts? Yeah, well, here's, here's, here's to hoping. <laughs> you think? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not hoping for that. <laughs> um, well, well, David, uh, thank you so much for talking to me. Thanks for taking the time oh, to chat pleasure. with me. And um, and everyone, look out for your new album. As yet, tight. Either fresh grease or easy, easy sounds. Yeah, easy well, sound. Easy sound. Easy sound. Easy sound or fresh grease. How about easy sound of fresh grease? I like that. Maybe. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, or double album. I don't know. I leave it to you. <laughs> All right, I'll keep you posted. Thank you so much, awesome, Dave. Man. Yeah, thanks. This was fun. Thanks. I'll see you soon, I hope. Take care, yeah, for sure. And there you have it, my delightful and seriously Canadian conversation with David Miles. Uh, He has so many awesome releases. uh, I recommend you just get the full catalog. Quit messing around uh, or I'll I'll stab you. No, that's too harsh. Uh, No, I just recommend it. Anyway, um, and I was excited to get uh, some further insight into the, uh, you know, Eastern Canada. I swear, I'm coming for you, Nunavut, Yukon. Um, I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna hit all of Canada by the time we're done here. Um, once again, before I go and uh, throw another log on the fire, I want to thank my partner in crime, Chris Gersbeck for making all this possible, uh, adding the action noises, the explosion sounds, and all that stuff that makes us number one in our time slot. Um, I would also like to thank the fine folks at Maximum Fun for... Who's, what, Lucy's marking. Lucy's... What's happening? I, I we probably should have pointed out my crime-solving dog, Lucy, is in the background. Anyway, what was I saying? I want to thank Maximum Fun for having us be a part of their podcasting empire and beyond. Go to MaximumFun.org to find out more about them and their plot for world domination and also check out all sorts of other awesome podcasts and incredible internet content. Um, As long as I'm telling you what to do, please go to my website at DaveHillOnline.com. Follow me on Instagram. At Mr. Dave Hill, at Mr. Dave Hill. I'm no longer on Twitter. Let's not get into it if you don't know the story already. Um, if you haven't already, please buy my book, Parking the Moose. Uh, it's the best book, and it's all about my travels through Canada, of course. Um, see if your town is mentioned. Um, it's a perfect gift uh, for yourself or for anyone you've ever met in your entire lifetime. Get it wherever incredible and seriously Canadian books are sold. Uh, please check out my other podcasts that I do with my buddy Chris Kurzbeck, uh, Dave Hill's Podcasting Incident, and History Fluffer, which we do with Jim Biederman and Jody Lennon. We'll be doing that at San Francisco Sketchfest in January if you're out that way. Um, well, else did I want to tell you? Oh, so many things. Um, that's going to be January 18th, by the way. I'll be doing other shows out there. 
go to sfsketchfest.com for more information on that. Okay, it's probably time to let you get back to your life. And uh, anyway, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy Festivus. Uh, go light some firecrackers. Do whatever you do. Um, we'll see you next week with So, You're Canadian. Oh, did I mention, if you or someone you know would make a great guest, please write me at dave at davehillonline.com or just write to say hello. And uh, I'd, I'd be thrilled to hear from you. Uh, compliments, criticisms, uh, sexy, sexy notes of any sort. Um, dave at davehillonline.com. Until next time. This has been So You're Canadian with me, Dave Hill. And I'm not sorry. Maximumfun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.